The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. There's no better way to troll your Trump supporter friends than by picking up Bubble Genius's own tiny orange hand soap set. Give yourself a hand or take two. They're small, tiny in fact. Teeny tiny. They're orange, of course, and smells appropriately of circus peanuts in honor of the GOP's clown dictator. Am I right, folks? Only $12 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code Bob and Chez at checkout, you'll get an additional 15% off only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Mr. Zone, let's, let's be honest. We've seen your people working for pennies, making defective novelty items which at best don't work and don't provide hours of family fun. And at worst, I'm creating serious injury. So what are you saying? Saying that your boss, Mr. Lee, is in effect the Mr. Big of the pirate novelty business. No, he isn't. You're just saying that to get a higher rating on your TV show. Well, I wish I were, but we saw your people making pirate Minkman schnozzes. I don't know what you're talking about. It's so funny that you say that. They don't make schnozzes. They make semiconductors for a very reputable computer company. What's wrong with that? Is there something wrong with that? Why, 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 why is that suddenly wrong to do? I don't understand that. Why are you pointing the finger at other people all the time? Why don't you point the finger at yourself? Do a little more reading, maybe. Less time in court. Maybe that would be effective for you. Pardon me for saying this, but... You seem defensive. I'm not being defensive. You're the one who's being defensive. Why is it always the other person who's being defensive? Have you ever asked yourself that? Why don't you ask yourself that? This is an affidavit. I know that. Well, let me finish. This is an affidavit from a woman who's got severe nerve damage on her upper thighs from sitting on one of your defective whoopee cushions. Here, read it. Well, I have read it. So why do I have to read it? Well, it does pertain to your company. I know that. Why wouldn't I know that? It's my company. I, I'm quite aware of that. <laughs> Is it me? It's him, right? Wrong. We're having fun because we're number one. And the part that makes us smile is making friends all around. Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. It is Thursday, March 16, 2017. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob, and we are uh, brought to you by Bubble Genius, as I just said. It's the best soap in the world. It really is. Go buy lots of soap from BubbleGenius.com, especially their tiny orange hands soap set. China. We're also brought to you by the uh, Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. If you need a lawyer, better call Bo or just head over to thebowenlawgroup.com slash Bob and Chess. Or you can just click the link in the podcast page. It's just that easy. Okay, we got a, a gigantic show in store for you today, and by we, I mean me and this one other guy who I've wanted to have on the show since God forever, <laughs> since life for years and years and years. I've wanted to have Cliff Schechter on the show since I first saw him on MSNBC, um, just completely annihilating the hell out of this Republican strategist named Cleta Mitchell. And I said, you know what? This guy, this guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> This is what every every liberal, every Democrat should be on cable news doing what exactly what Cliff Schechter did in this video. So let's bring him in. Cliff Schechter is here, huh? <laughs> There's our uh, our new special guest fanfare. Cliff, hi. Hey, Bob. How are you, man? Doing great. And you know what? Cliff, in addition to having you on the show, and I've been looking forward to having you on the show for years Thank and years you. and years. 
the coolest thing about this now is we have this brand new technology that you just introduced me to that completely eliminates the need for using Skype. And we're now on something, and I don't want to mention exactly what it is because then everyone's going to do it. And That's true. We should charge <laughs> for it. Yeah, I know. But, but now we have this technology, which is so much better. I mean, just talking to you, it's, it's almost as if you're in the same room. And, uh, and incredible, yeah. And it doesn't have any of that cancel, that noise-canceling technology that Skype has, where if you've got music playing or if you've got somebody, if you're talking over each other, it mutes one voice or the other one. This is so, so much better. So we're going to be experimenting with this as, as time goes on. But I'm, I'm really grateful that, you know, because we're talking yesterday. I said, you know, do you have Skype? We normally record the show through Skype because you're at your house in, uh, in Ohio and I'm out here in Northern California. And the only way to do it that I thought of was Skype or like Google Voice or something ridiculous like that that's shoddy and spastic and never quite works. But then you say, well, I got this thing because I fill in for this radio show and they have me hooked up with this. And it's just amazing. So thank you for that. I really, oh, really I just appreciate. do my best work accidentally. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad it worked out. Uh, when I started hosting or guest hosting that show, Leslie Marshall's show. Yeah. The only reason I was able to do it was this. Yeah. You know, because I am in Cincinnati and uh, we're mostly a place you fly over. Yeah. I mean, it sounds, it sounds so good. All right. Now see cool. at the top of the show and you're, you're well aware of how I've got just a big for this clip of you uh, just completely <laughs> annihilating Cleta Mitchell on MSNBC. I mean, this is, this is the most fantastic clip I've ever heard of cable news of a cable news guest um, first, I'm going to play the, uh, some of the audio here of you just nailing Cleta Mitchell. Then I want to go back to what your mindset was uh, sure. at, the, at that period of time and, and what you were thinking as you were going through this. Because I honest to God believe that the left would win more often if the, uh, the, the liberal analysts, the, whatever, the Democratic strategists, any, anyone from the left who appears on cable news in one of those windows... Be, should behave exactly the way you <laughs> behaved in this because you didn't let her get anything past you. I mean, it's and the you, kind of behavior that got me many a detention back in school. <laughs> it's just, I, I knew mean, it'd come in handy someday. This is your, this is Cliff Schechter as Juggernaut. Here we go. Uh, our two strategists, Democratic strategist Cliff Schechter, as well as Republican strategist <laughs> Cleta Mitchell. Cleta. Uh, you just heard the conversation with John Harwood as well. This is not good for the Republican Party. Well, of course it's not, but this, let me just say this. The fact of the matter is the Democrats have scandals of their own. J William Jefferson we'll let, uh, we'll let Cleta talk a little bit here. <laughs> I'm going to skip ahead because she basically says a bunch of word salad here and, and not much else. So we're going to go ahead and uh, jump to where you just, you just clobber her verbally here. Let's go ahead here. Democrats that you see when you have one horrible situation, one horrible member of Congress who does bad things, but because he's a Republican, that all of the Republicans are tainted. It's a terrible situation. It needs to be addressed. It needs to be investigated, and that is what's happening. Can, can I respond to that? Sure. I mean, that's that's just hysterical. I'm, I'm not sure what planet you're living on, Clear. I mean, one. You're saying there's one incident on the Republican side? Yes, this is one incident. Let's see, you've got Randy Duke Cunningham, who's in prison. You've got Bob Ney, who's going to prison. You've got Tom DeLay, who's probably going to prison. You've got Bill <laughs> Frist being investigated for insider trading. You've got Denny Hastert, who covered up what uh, Mark Foley was doing and is being investigated for it now. You've got Tom Reynolds, who covered it up and is being investigated. You have Bob Corker being investigated in Tennessee over shady land deals. You've got George Allen being investigated for the fact that he might have stuffed a deer's head into an African-American couple's mailbox uh, back when he was a younger man. And I could go on and on. Let's see. Jack Abramoff, uh, Scooter Libby. Do you want me to take this whole show? I mean, what a joke, Cleo. I mean, it's not even what you say is laughable on its face. One person, your whole party is a party right now that is basically a party of criminals and pedophiles. They're getting busted everywhere. You've got more and more people going to prison. Conrad Burns might be the next one to fall, as well as other Those Republicans. are absolutely not true. I mean, not you, true? You, no, okay. that is not okay, true. Cleta. Conrad Burns, the Justice Department, is the 
announced he's not a target of an investigation. Tom DeLay, yes, he resigned, but frankly, those uh, uh, those allegations, the indictment against Tom DeLay, were completely politically motivated. Oh, okay. and the money laundering is politically motivated. The, absolutely, <laughs> Sorry, absolutely. I doubt that. I doubt that. Look at the charges. He accomplished his objective, which was to get Tom DeLay out of the political. Which is good for Republicans because they like the money launders. I guess he accomplished his objective. We'll see about the money laundering. We'll see about that. And we'll see about Jack Abramoff, too. And we'll see about Safavian in the White House who's going to prison. We'll see about the 485 meetings with Bill Rove. Because President Bush doesn't remember. What about Bob Menendez? What about Bob Menendez and the investigation that was announced by the Justice Department? Oh, there's nothing. What's that? said, okay, I was wrong on that one, the Menendez. <laughs> yeah, right, that's true. That's true, but it was one. It was one, and you clarify this here. There, okay, good. Good, good. try, Claire. Try been... naming 45 people like I just All did. Right. You can name two, and they're not even okay. real ones. Good <laughs> try. You guys are the ones who are corrupt. Get Clearly, used to both it. of you had your coffee this morning, and I'm delighted to have had both of you on our air. This has been an interesting debate. You can name two, and they're not even real ones. That is... Such a jerk. It's so funny. That is so fantastic. Thank you. She just set me off and if you know her whole history she's a, a board member of the NRA she was led the whole movement to try to ban gay marriage in a number of states I mean she's yeah. pure evil yeah so it was very easy for me to get set off by her but then you know if we even grant the uh, Menendez thing well what about <laughs> Denny Haster and what's happened with him since then oh my god yeah but it's just like, it's this juggernaut attitude, and you had all of the facts at your disposal, and you're just nailing one after another, just ticking down the list. And, and it's just, it is relentless, and if, I, I swear to God, if more uh, uh, liberals were as relentless on cable news, we'd win way more often. But, well, but, so, I mean, but too often we end up with guys like Bob Beckel, who are just tomato cans and sit there and just pretend to, uh, to play along, and they don't, their heart isn't really into it, and they don't have the, all the facts at their disposal, and you're yelling at your TV set saying, why don't yep. you mention this? Why don't you mention that? And here was Cliff Schechter mentioning all of it. I mean, just like bang, 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 bang. They get paid, as you know, to fail is the problem. The Bob Beckles and Susan Estrich. And when I went on, my whole attitude was, you know, I'm going to be who I am. I'm not going to let them get away with this crap. And I'm not invited back on. I'm not invited back on. And that eventually is what happened because MSNBC at that time was still, you know, Tucker Carlson and uh, Alan Keyes, I think, had a show. (laughs) Right. Alan Keyes. Alan Keyes. And it was uh, called Alan Keyes is Making Sense. That's how ridiculous that was. Right. (laughs) As if he's ever made sense on anything. Right. So, so, I mean, I just was like, you know, at that period of time, and I feel the same way these days, which was, I was so angry. That's like 2006. And all these scandals and Katrina and their attempt to privatize Social Security. And we're in the middle of the Iraq War. And the Republicans are like, what? Who? Me? We didn't do anything. <laughs> exactly. You know, it kind of reminds me of like right now with Trump. Yeah, it's, it's like that period of time times a million. It's like everything that we saw for those eight years, but magnified by by exponential numbers. It's just true. I mean, this is much worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, so, so bad. Um, but so walk us through it. I mean, you uh, you were on MSNBC. How did you what was your foray into being on cable news and writing about all this stuff? When it came to that, um <laughs> It explains everything you need to know about cable news. I feel like someday I should just write an expose of sorts of what I saw in green rooms and that kind of thing. Because I got invited to go on these shows and I had a graduate degree from Columbia, you know, Mm. fine, in in international affairs. So one could argue I was an expert on some of those issues. So you had basically like a uh, community college (laughs) upright. Exactly. (laughs) Columbia, Jesus. No, but okay, I'm not saying that. To, uh, I'm actually saying it to make fun of myself in a way because, yeah, I got a good education in mm. some things. Yeah. But that's not how cable works. They're like, can you give us a warm body so that two people can come on here, hopefully a wimpy Democrat and a Republican that will beat down on them. Yeah. And so I was not qualified to be on talking about, I'd say, seven-eighths of the things I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. At the last minute, they'd be like, we need somebody. So I was working at a consulting firm in New York and then in D.C., and I had a friend who, through somebody, had gotten on a few times, and they called one time and they said, do you want to do it? This was Fox, and he couldn't. 
And so he came to me and asked me, he's like, you know, you argue a lot. And yeah, yeah. Talk about politics a lot. Do you want to go on? I was like, yeah, sure. This was like 99, <laughs> 2000. And this and is so, maybe uh, maybe right around the time. You mentioned on Facebook that uh, there were at least a couple of occasions where he ended up debating Kellyanne Conway, right? Yes. And that was during that period of time. I'll tell you another funny story in a second. But um, so so I started going on and I started getting invited on, you know, the now infamous Fox and Friends. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, the primary news source for the president of the United States right now. Right. <laughs> I went on once or twice with Cavuto. Yeah. Um, Bill O'Reilly once. Sean Hannity, I went on a few times, and eventually I think he banned me, if I remember correctly, because I, I, we got in a back and forth, and he'd get personal with people, and I think I insulted him back, and he <laughs> called me something that that starts with A and ends with whole off here. <laughs> oh, uh, you mean Sean, I mean Sean Hannity uses obscenities? I can't even I imagine know. that. Hard to believe a Christian man. Like <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and so, so eventually, because MSNBC was still you know, largely conservative. I guess somebody, a booker there saw me go on some Fox shows. That's the way it happens. Mm. And then you get a call from them. And so they mostly for the daytime shows. I mean, I've gone on MSNBC more recently, but I've actually gone on because, you know, I started working on gun issues a lot. And Mm. so there I could actually go on and speak intelligently. Like I would write a piece for the daily beast. Like I still do. And so Lawrence O'Donnell's had me on a few times. Um, I'm thinking who else that's there right now. I haven't been on Hayes. Um, I went on Ed Schultz back when he was on. MSNBC. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, but, but yeah. Point being that those were shows I was invited on to hopefully have an intelligent conversation. Mm-hmm. Not the stuff in like 2004, 5, 6, 7. Like they were inviting me on literally just to get in an argument. But, but you know. <laughs> well, and you're, you're no good at go that, Cliff. I mean, I, I don't know why they would ask you to get into an argument with them. I know. And, and you'd think it, <laughs> it would be good for ratings and so they'd right. want to do it. But – in the end, there are a bunch of these right wingers like her mm. who are just used to it. I'm not bragging about myself, Bob, because I've I got to know you because I saw your writing in the Huffington Post, and you've complimented me. I you know sort of give the compliment right back. I was like, this is a guy I want to know <laughs> because he knows how to go after them yeah. and be cutting and be funny and mock them and and not take any crap. Yeah, and, and I was like, that these are people that the left needs out there. Well, yeah, I mean, I thought the same thing about you. And that's that's so crucial. And even now, I think we need more of that. I think we need more people, especially now saying, you know, not just not just, oh, yeah, Donald Trump, he's crazy, he's dangerous. And but but delivering it in a a normal tone of voice like we hear on cable news all the time now, I'm of the mind and I, I keep waiting for this to actually happen outside of social media, which is for someone legitimate on television to go. You know, just like literally like just scream something out and, and, and treat it appropriately with the tone of voice that it deserves. And no one's doing that. And it's so frustrating. Right. And I still suspect we'll get there someday yeah. because the barriers to entry, as you know, we're sitting here doing this show mm. with this new hookup and I'm in Cincinnati <laughs> and you're in the San Francisco area and right. we're talking like we're ne- right next to each other. Yeah. So Facebook Live and this. I think one of these times somebody will start. I mean, I guess the Young Turks have done some of that. Yeah. Um, but there will be some people. I hopefully you start getting some more people listening and watching, and you won't need these gatekeepers anymore. Because I'm still not sure MSNBC even is comfortable with with people like you and me going on yeah. and saying things in that tone. I mean, when they have me on, it's generally about a, a piece I've written. They don't have me up against somebody. It's you know they'll just have me and the host on to ask me about the piece. And so, yeah, I'll say some nasty things about the NRA, but it's not like sort of the full metal jacket that, uh, I enjoy giving to people like Cleta Mitchell or at least did back then when I got the chance. Yeah. I mean, I'm wondering so. if it's even permissible now because like a place like MSNBC is basically run by, uh, by Andy Lack and Joe Scarborough. I mean, it's just basic. Right. <laughs> I mean, Joe Scarborough sets the tone for that whole network. I get the sense no, that does. that's the case because, I mean, he's the one who's kind of making sure that no one, especially on the left, gets too loud and obnoxious, you know, and that's it's just constantly can, tempering the voice. They take you off when that happens. Yeah. I mean, our, our whole culture got to the point really in the 80s, but more than 90s with the whole Clinton sickness where they, you know, with the impeachment and everything, yeah. where right-wingers was just like, well, they're just being like they're supposed to be. Yeah. You know, you're expected to be like Ann Coulter or somebody like that, but we on our side – if we dare go there, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was told by a friend that after that, the the um, 
uh, the the appearance that you just played. Yeah, the Cleta Mitchell and, thing, and, yeah. Right, and like a good dozen, dozen and a half other ones over a couple of years like that, I was banned. My name was put on a list at MSNBC, and between about 2008 and I want to say 2012, I, I was never invited on. And then they started inviting me on again as a guest, like as an analyst to say, well, Cliff wrote this for the Guardian or the Daily Beast, but they, you know, not in that debate type format. Yeah. And and I you, still think if you're too aggressive as a liberal, you know, you can't do it. Do you get the sense, Cliff, that, uh, and especially uh, moving forward in time to the, the, the current era, do you get the sense that, and I'm excluding like the the protest rallies and the town halls and everything that's been happening since election day, but prior to that, I always got the sense that the left just had a hard time grasping the concept of of winning, like fighting to win and not stopping until you have that victory or series of victories. I think there's a, some some sort of impediment on the left that's standing in the way between uh, people who are smart, who have uh, comedy on, we have comedy on our side, we have the facts yep. on our side, we have reality on our side. What we don't have is the urge to win. Do you get that sense? Oh, completely. Like, we want to win, but we're only win if also, you know, and I don't want to say this about everybody, because clearly there's many exceptions to this, but I think the overall is we want to win, but we also need to be well-behaved. And that's just as important. Yeah. And it's just as important to be deferential at times and to look for fairness, you know, and look for the good in your opponent. Um, <laughs> and, and, and sometimes it's not there. Yeah. And I'm not saying, look, there are plenty of conservatives and moderates along the way in the Republican Party that I've had respect for, at least on some issues and mm -hmm. some all around. But those aren't the people that are the voices of the party. They're not the people in control of the party. They're not the people in control of their media complex yeah. and their think tanks. So what does it matter? I'm not going to look for humanity where it, where it doesn't exist. You know, and that's, yeah. the, and that's the problem. People on our side are like, well, we still have to follow norms and still have to respect the process. And my whole thing is I could not agree with you more if the other side did the same thing. Because I think norms in a democracy are incredibly important. Yeah. But you can't lose sight of the fact that if the other side ignores them, if the other side turns a filibuster into a normal event, if the other side gerrymanders to the point where they, they give themselves 40 extra seats, mm -hmm. if the other side won't let you won't do, won't do a vote on Merrick Garland yeah. for a year and a half, like, you know, or a year, at that point, when they're ignoring norms, then if you do not then you're being weak and they will take advantage of your weakness. You have to do the same thing that they do. Yeah, and you know what? That's why it's so nefarious what uh, the Republican, the conservative movement specifically has been doing for so many years, which is that they basically have been daring the left to meet them on their own terms, to meet the, the right. right on their own terms. And if that happens, then suddenly we're playing on the right's terms. And but But it's really unavoidable. And that's what's so cynical and awful about it. You can't... You can't win against people who are using rank populism and pandering to sell their message, which is what Donald Trump is doing right, right. now specifically, but it's been building up to and this for many, many years. conspiracy and paranoia and kind yep. of the whole Grievances. you're not American, yeah. you yeah. know, and, and threatening you. I mean, or at least getting people to threaten you to mm -hmm. kind of, which which is their game. So, and, and to be clear, I wouldn't even sink to that level. Yeah. But I do feel like you've got to take it to them. You've got to call them out for who they are in unkind language. Mm -hmm. You need to write it. You need to say it. And you need to take them on in every way you can. And most of the time, our guys, even people that I've been I've been big fans of, have not been willing to do that. There are exceptions. Towards the end there, Harry Reid, obviously getting rid of the filibuster in some, in some cases, yeah. which is something I never thought I'd see the Democrats actually do. Oh, I know. We, you know, he started doing some of it, and maybe now we'll see some of it. They're playing harder ball with a number of things. Maybe Democrats are finally there. At least some are. It's, it's just it's hard to find a, a pit bull among Democratic leadership, especially in Congress right now. Because I mean, I was thinking of. Just visually, you you see uh, Chuck Schumer, who's a, who's been a great senator uh, and and a great leader for the Democrats on the Senate side, but you see him in a press conference, and you just get the sense that he's just a little bit ticklish. Like there's someone under right. the podium, like get, get like getting his gizzard, like tickle, hey Chuck Schumer, dee -dee -dee, and he's got that little grin, like he's trying to hold back a smile or something like that. And I think Nancy Pelosi is, is to a certain extent like that. What I want to see is someone like. 
you. <laughs> like, <laughs> God damn it, I'm not going to be pushed around on this. Right. You're not saying anything worth of worth a goddamn thing, and everything you're saying is a lie. Now, here's right. everything that your side is doing wrong. Boom, 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 boom. Like, we, we, we need a TV station. Yeah. You know, that does it along the lines of Fox 24-7. The difference is, is we tell the truth about them in unkind language. Mm -hmm. They'll continue to lie in unkind language. All we need to do is tell the truth. Well, I mean, did you just employ more uh, of the left's sense of humor? At the very least, we have all the comedians. Why are we using them, for God's sake? Sense of humor and passion. Yeah, exactly right. All right, we got to pause here. I got to talk about Harry's razors. Before we continue forward... um, I want to talk about uh, uh, lots of things that are happening in the news right now and get Cliff's take on all of it. But uh, I am, once again, as every Thursday, I am cleanly shaven. Not not my whole body. I don't shave my, Just my face. <laughs> I swear to God, not my face. It's not, like, it's not like Pink Floyd's The Wall. I haven't been shaving my nipples and eyebrows off. But with my uh, amazing Harry's razor, I have uh, a clean, close shave, no razor burn, and and new to Harry's razors is that great trimmer blade that I love. It gets those hard-to-reach places. A smooth, clean shave from a blade that glides like butter and comes right to my door at half the cost of the big-name brands. That's what I love about shaving with products from Harry's. From the hefty, balanced handle that fits your hand to the precision-engineered five-blade cartridges that come with a lubricating strip, a trimmer blade, and a travel cover, to Harry's rich, lathering shave gel, it all started uh, when Harry's founders, Jeff and Andy, got tired of getting ripped off on blade prices. You know the ones I'm talking about. One big company in particular jacked their prices again and again and made a fortune while we spent a fortune. Jeff and Andy quickly discovered the problem, the middlemen. So they bought their own factory, one that's been making blades for over 100 years, so they can ship top quality blades directly to you. The result, quality products at your door for half of what you're paying, and that's the Harry's story. Become a part of it. Go to harrys.com right now. Try their new shave set free of charge. You just pay shipping. Sign up at harrys.com slash B-A-N-D-C. And because you're a loyal listener to this podcast, Harry's will even throw in a free post-shave bomb, but only if you go to harrys.com slash B-A-N-D-C. Do it right now. Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Welcome back to the show today. Thank you for joining us. Come around. Oh, God. Um, this is uh, sort of right up your alley. Uh, those of you who listen to uh, the Sam Cedar Show know Cliff from, <laughs> from his appearances on Sam Cedar. And uh, this, is, this is sort of squarely in the Cliff Schechter uh, wheelhouse. Um, but where's this story here? Uh, a nervous now. Yeah, this Trump campaign chairman caught in a hotel room with an underage <laughs> boy. Did you see this? I did. Um, <laughs> and he was one of the ones who, I'm trying to remember, was, was he one of the ones who was the most anti-gay marriage or? Oh, it usually is. It's, it's yeah, not a stretch to come up with that. Well, before I went on Sam's show back in the day, yeah, when let's just say, how should I say this nicely? Um, I had a little bit more in common with the Young Turks than I tend to oh, today. Me too. Yep. I used to go on that show all the time. Yeah, I had a, that was the first regular segment I ever had in any show. It was called Republican Sexcapades. <laughs> yes, and, exactly. And I would go on every week. Um, we did this for about four or five years. Mm-hmm. And every week there was a story. Sometimes it was a really big one, you know, like a, a vitter. Oh, yeah. you know, or a Foley, <laughs> and other times it was some state representative, but it was always somebody or a pastor who'd be found, you know, like who hung himself accidentally trying to deprive himself of oxygen for certain reasons, and yeah. you know had flippers on. I remember that guy down in Alabama. <laughs> flippers. Yeah. Well, this guy, uh, Oklahoma State Senator Ralph Shorty, is facing numerous <laughs> numerous charges from real name, by the way, Ralph I Shorty. Love his, oh. So perfect. That was my porn name back in 1982, believe it or not. I was was Ralph Shorty. Uh, He's facing numerous charges. It was ironic because I'm so tall. Get it? Uh, He's facing numerous charges for more police after he was caught in a Super 8 motel room with a minor boy. A Super Super 8? He couldn't even step up and pay for a I know. (laughs) Super 8. So classy. He's uh, classy and horny at the same time. Yeah. According to KOCO reporter Brett Buganski, uh, that was also my porn name in the middle ages. <laughs> I was going to say. I was Brett Buganzi. Police are recommending the Republican lawmaker be charged with soliciting prostitution of a minor, prostitution with thousand feet of a church, 
That's actually a really interesting law for the state of Oklahoma. Prostitution within a thousand feet of a church. So it's wor- it's worse if it's within a thousand feet of a church, or it's better. It's it's actually worse if it's within a thousand feet. <laughs> I thought if they're trying to get some action, they might say, nowhere else but within a thousand feet. (laughs) Now, like all the hookers in Oklahoma are going around with one of those things that you measure distance with, those wheels on a stick that they just, they're always walking along with one of those. Got to make sure we're a thousand feet away from that church. And and, and transporting purpose of prostitution. That's the other part of it. On uh, March 9th, officers of the Moore Police Department were contacted in reference to a welfare check at at a local hotel. Lieutenant Kyle Dudley told uh, NewsOK.com. That was my porn name, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. So this guy has been in office since 2010 and is uh, mostly known for a bill he proposed to ban fetuses and food. This is an actual thing. He proposed to ban fetuses and in food this what is what do you do if you run out of mustard <laughs> and oh and I, I can't forget this he's the oklahoma state chair for the trump campaign that was his other thing but based on here's a here's the article about pre- banning fetuses in food i don't even understand this based on something he read online an oklahoma state senator has introduced a bill that would ban the use of aborted human fetuses in food <laughs> That is, that's not even a that's not even a real thing. Like, uh, mm, that's good. That's good fetus. You know, it's just like I don't even I don't even understand that. Uh, no, he's never heard of any instances of this happening before. Senator Ralph Shorty told the Associated Press, but Shorty read that it might be happening. So he thought, who does this sound like? I was going to say, does this sound like the whole Republican Party? It sounds. Today? I mean, this it's, is what they do. They read. And they, you know, in some random publication, and right. they decide it's happening, so they pass a law. Yeah, and God help us if Brian Kilmeade mentions this on Fox and Friends one oh, of these God. mornings. Then suddenly Donald Trump's going to be tweeting about, you know, human beings want to eat like soylent made out of aborted That's fetuses. Right. You know, mm. hey, somebody got their fetus in my peanut butter. <laughs> no, somebody Your got the fetuses pe- in my chocolate. <laughs> Delicious. Exactly. Or you do the, redo the Grey Poupon commercial. <laughs> you, somebody holds a fetus out the window. Pardon me, but do you have any fetuses? Ah, uh, so, uh, the, oh, let's see. Uh, so this guy's in trouble, of course. You're just like an idiot. Now we see there's of a picture. He has a new career. Yeah. I'm um, writing for Milo Yiannopoulos' magazine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, everything's okay if you ask Milo. Milo's to- totally cool with this. But there's a there's of course a great photo here that's accompanying the story uh, on Raw Story of uh, Ralph Shorty with his bestie Donald Trump Jr. So wow. good good photograph right there. Glad to see Donald Trump Jr. sitting there with a guy who's <laughs> been accused of like child molestation. Exactly. I guess. Uh, uh, Jesus. He's seen Donald Trump Jr. Shorty. Yeah. Good job, Republican. <laughs> Keep going. You're doing great. Um. They didn't, you know, it's like this was the only kind of scandal they maybe didn't have yet. I know. Was the sex one. They decided, you know what, they're missing that particular piece of. So, you know, I want to get into uh, a couple of things after we take. uh, uh, Well, actually, we can we can start talking about this now because we're uh, we're running late on commercials. But um, let's talk about uh, the uh, the Muslim travel ban and this uh, decision by this Hawaii judge. Here's the fascinating thing about this. By now, I think everyone's up to speed in terms of what this is all about and, and how this, uh, this federal judge in Hawaii has, has blocked the travel ban moments before it was supposed to go into effect. Donald Trump's pissed off about it. But here's the, the funny thing, Cliff, and, and, and this is really your milieu. I mean, this is, is kind of your bread and butter, which is political strategy, I think, to a certain extent. And I, have you noticed, like I have, that Donald Trump is terrible at politics? I mean... This is a case where he's not only terrible at politics, he's terrible at the law. Like, he's, right. he's, he got up in front of his rally crowd, and we have a little bit of clip of this. This is Donald Trump basically making it harder for himself to pass another travel ban or to get this one through the appeals process. And there's, a, there's another layer to this that I want to emphasize. But here's a bit of, uh, of Donald Trump talking about this decision by this federal judge in Hawaii. (laughs) A judge has just blocked Blocked. our executive order on travel Travel. and refugees coming into our country from certain countries. You know, when he starts yelling like that, you know what I want to do? I want to go, what? What? Can you you speak up? I I, I can't hear you back here. We have to go to one of those rallies, maybe do some of that. (laughs) (laughs) A little little louder. Exactly. The order he blocked. Blocked. 
was a watered-down version Water. of the first order. Yeah, now, see that right there. That is the big... Rough. That's the big mistake that he made right there. Because he's basically saying that it's just, it's it's more or it's less the same like, thing. It's the same <laughs> thing that just got stru- struck down by the Ninth Circuit. And, and, of course, he goes on to say that he's going to challenge this ruling. He's going to take it all the way. And... Right. Uh, <laughs> Which he where, threatens all the time and never actually does. Well, and here's where it's... And then he goes on... See all you in to, court. Yeah, he, and he also said that everybody's talking about splitting up the Ninth Circuit. That's another thing he mentioned at the rally last night. Because, which, which means nobody... Did he actually because, use a term? Yeah, because... Yeah, he did. Everybody's talking about it. Yeah, everybody's talking about it, which means nobody's talking about it. Because... Like two of his 14 voices in his head <laughs> I know, because, about it. Because words have no meaning for Donald Trump. And right. So he said that he wants to split up the Ninth Circuit, or threaten to split up the Ninth Circuit as if he might have that power, which I don't think he does. Um, here's the problem. If he challenges, if, if Jeff Sessions decides to challenge this ruling from this uh, federal judge in Hawaii, you know where it goes? You know where it goes next? The goddamn Ninth Circuit. <laughs> he, he's, a, he's a blinking idiot. Right to the Ninth Circuit that he just talked about splitting up. And then and he, he, and he made their case for them, as you said. He pointed out that this is basically the same thing. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why, and again, this is what I wrote on your Facebook page the other day, why beyond just our politics and our, you know, senses of humor and the rest, why, it make, you know, I, I enjoy <laughs> reading your stuff so much and everything is because you, I remember you tweeted out at one point, you know, like, this is not ninth dimensional chess. Yeah. Everybody wants to give Trump, like bestow upon him this this omniscience or something like he's just distracting you because he's not. He's a moron. No. no. He I mean sometimes it ends up working out because a lot of his base are morons too and they think like he does. But there's no plan behind it. It's instinctual because he knows instinctually what morons do. Yeah, I mean, sure. I, what I was just gonna say, the thing is that it's only a distraction if we allow it to become a distraction. This is, right. like you said, there is no three-dimensional chess happening. There's no grand strategy to say, okay, now we're going to do this behind the scenes, but make sure to tweet something out, and then we'll get them right. talking about that, and then we'll do this other thing. There's no grand plan like that. This is just, this is what it looks like when there is a slow-motion destabilization happening, where there is right. no agenda, there is no political strategy, there is just this erratic monster in the Oval Office, right. doing things randomly and reacting to random things that he sees on television and blurting random things. And and this is right. just what it no looks like. self-control over his little stubby fingers. <laughs> tweeting right. stuff. Right. And then, and then, of course, you have all of his people. And, and here's what happened just after he was talking about judicial overreach and the Ninth Circuit and about how this is just a that's the other thing about Trump. He's got two speeds right now. First, he's got the little teeny tiny voice. He says he says things softly like China. But then he's got the loud, loud voice where he got millions in China. He starts going off like that. This is just an insane person. This yeah. is, and, and, and I know some people will complain and say it's not PC. It's a microaggression to say. He, no, he is an escaped mental patient. And he's now president of the United States. He's a microaggression or a macroaggression. I know. I'm being cruel to uh, escaped mental patients everywhere. They're all going to start tweeting me now. Um, But here's what what happened after that. Uh, It's basically he invoked Hillary Clinton, and then for 30 seconds, (laughs) his entire rally crowd chanted, lock her up. And he never, ever stopped them, of course. The law and the Constitution give the president the power to suspend immigration when he deems, or she, or she. Fortunately, it will not be Hillary she. That, that's, that's the sound of terror right now. That's just terrifying hearing that. Listen to that. You're going to hear the chanting a little more clearly here in a second. He's going to chime in, try to talk again, but then they're going to just over uh, overrule him, the mob. When he or she deems it to be in the national interest of our country. There it is. That... That's just harrowing. I'm going to turn that off now. And that just goes, it goes on and on. I've got, it's still, it's still counting down. There's still like another 12 seconds left on the top of this audio clip. That's why, you know, 
there are reachable people out there, as I'm sure you believe and I believe. Mm. There were some people who voted for Obama and then Trump and some people who didn't think there was an economic message, some people that probably got swayed by the FBI. Yeah. I mean, in fact, we know that happened at the end and figured, well, they're both sort of corrupt and, mm-hmm. and you know, whatever. But the base, the people that show up at those rallies and do stuff like that, they're just disgusting. You're never going to reach them, and there really is no point in trying. That's I started referring to them as fanboys because basically it's it's nothing more than what we might see at like uh, like Comic Con or something like right. that. These people just are, are basically doing Donald Trump cosplay. Like they right. want to. It's like they they love him so much they want to be like him. And then the fact that he's become president now has given them tacit permission to run around indulging all of their worst demons and their worst behaviors. Right. I mean, in some cases, frankly, committing murder. Yeah, committing murder, anti-Semitism, misogyny, yep. you know, all of it. It's horrible. All right, we're going to take uh, another break and come back with more show right after these words. Okay, you want to know the best way to support the show? The best way to support the Bob and Chez show is to go shopping at Amazon.com using our Amazon link. Here's how you do it. Go to BobSeska.com and click the Amazon link in all caps just beneath the logo on the main page. The link takes you to the main page of Amazon.com as usual. You go shopping. We get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing extra, and it helps support the show. And if you run a small business and source your materials from Amazon, make sure to use the link for all your purchases. And don't forget to bookmark it. Thanks so much for supporting the show and our Amazon link. China! Shove Bob Seska into your pants and haul him around with you wherever you go. (laughs) Subscribe to the Bob Seska Show in the podcast section on iTunes. I'm going to start saying it like Buzz from now on. I'm going to start saying the Bob Seska Show. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm really lazy. I should really update that Amazon link commercial. <laughs> Say, if you listen to the Bob and Chez show, which is a show that happened, you know, for six years, but then ended abruptly three weeks ago. Uh, I can speak for the fact that uh, that I do some work with you behind the scenes, and it's not just laziness. You are a, ver- a relatively hardworking man. <laughs> yes, this is really it's really hard to sit here in my underwear and write about politics every day. It's, it's, <laughs> So strenuous. It's like I'm in the salt mines. Well, okay, I'm not cl- claiming that you're like a roofer who's out there in 110 degree weather or something. Okay. Right. I'm waiting for I my... just meant that you're not just lying around, you know, watching old episodes of Married with Children. <laughs> At I'm least s- some of the time. I'm slaving away waiting for my black lung benefits to come in. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Uh, Donald Trump is an idiot, uh, obviously uh, screwing his own chances in the Ninth Circuit, uh, preemptively for some reason. And then we have... I'll say quickly, I don't mean to cut you off, but it's the same thing he's done with this legislation. Yeah. And thank God he's done it. But I'm sure at least half of these Republicans who have come out in opposition are partially doing it because they can't stand him. Yeah, exactly. What uh, with the, are you talking about the uh, American Health Care Act? Uh, yeah, that one. Yes, the, the, the Trump Care. You know, yeah. die and like it. <laughs> right. Um, that's just it. I, I really want to get into that in the next segment, but right now, let's. This is kind of a big deal. What happened the other night on the Rachel Maddow show? And I know we uh, we certainly agree on the uh, the uh, shall we say the hype machine that occurred before that and how that right. was kind of a, a fatal error in the reporting of that story. Basically, in, in case you've been living in a box, Rachel Maddow and David K. Johnston, who's a uh, investigative journalist who's been dogging Donald Trump for many many years now, and of course we know Rachel Rachel's been doing I think award winning work on her show explaining the Russia connection and the collusion yep. there, along with the other lies and mendacity of the. Uh, of the Trump administration. And, you know, the other night, for example, she, she just, she put it together so perfectly that Mike Pence was lying about Mike Flynn. It was just so, it's so clear and so obvious. And you wonder why, how all the, you wonder how all these people are still at large. And, uh, but, but with this case, with the, with the tax return, it just, it annoyed me because she's smarter than this. And she tweeted out a couple hours before we've got Donald Trump's tax returns, plural, and so, of course, the the presses stopped. Everyone stopped what they were doing. Of course, and it, it actually, for I think, for the first time ever, the traffic and interest was so great that the Rachel Maddow uh, section of MSNBC's website was offline, like it was inaccessible because there was so much traffic incoming. And that's that's a really difficult thing to do to shut down servers owned by you know NBC Universal. <laughs> that's a that's a hard thing to do. 
But then the actual story comes out, and it's two pages of one tax return from 2005, which I, I, I don't know just how... 1040. Yeah, exactly. It's just the 1040. What do you think, Cliff? Do you think... I have this theory that I've been thinking about, and I know a lot of people have been talking about this since then, which is that... did Do you think Trump leaked that tax return because it was a, the last legitimate one they actually filed? Yeah, I think he did or somebody close to him. Mm-hmm. It said client copy on client it, copy. which is one sort of giveaway. Yeah. In addition... It, it was around the time of the last big real estate deal he did. Everything mm-hmm. he's made since then has been mostly in the licensing realm and stuff yeah. like that, his stupid TV show. Um, and, and so if you wanted to say, you know, I did pay taxes at some point, then you show that you paid $38 million in taxes in 2005. Yep. And, and it kind of undoes some of the other complaints. Well, the now, theory is behind that is that, isn't it that... Melania was going for her citizenship, so they needed to make sure they filed a tax return that was completely on the level, which is one of the reasons why he ended up paying $38 million in taxes or whatever it ended right. up being. And he had been, for however long at that point, a decade yeah. plus, living off of the write-offs from his billion-dollar loss, the oh, genius yeah. that he is, Yeah, um, in one year, which has got to be a record of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that. And I think you and I agreed on the Rachel Maddow part of it, too, which is... She's been doing amazing work and keeping the focus on this Russia scandal, which I'm still, I mean, you know, just came out now that that, my, that Flynn was getting paid by the Russians, three Russian companies and, and RT, which he denied. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we know now that as he was advising Donald Trump, as he was talking to the Russian ambassador, who is known by everybody to be a spy, yep. he was being paid by the Russians. I mean, how much smoke do you need here? Oh, yeah. So, so I mean, and she's helped to keep these issues front burner and explain them, and it's incredibly important. Yeah, and I think everyone, even uh, reporters who are covering the story, like actively covering Trump's collusion with Russia, allegedly, right? Um, Even they're watching Rachel Maddow to see how she assembles all of these pieces of the puzzle, because you get uh, sort of the uh, some of the the reporters who are covering this on a day to day basis. Michael Schmidt from New York Times. You got Robert Costa from uh, from uh, Washington Post. Yeah, I call him. Mugsy. He just looks like a Mugsy to me, Robert Costa. <laughs> and uh, and they're all following it so up close that sometimes right. it's difficult. You lose perspective. And I think a lot of us who are following this stuff, following the uh, you know the ongoing uh, tennis ball machine of the, <laughs> the Trump White House, which is just constantly barraging us. So we need something to... Uh, oh, there it is again. And uh, we need someone to kind of assemble all the pieces of the puzzle and, 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 and give us that big picture. And that's what Rachel Maddow is doing so well. But this gave, uh, I think, Trump's team an opportunity to uh, uh, discredit her in, into a certain way. Um, well, but it's a way to discredit her and, and the report to a certain degree. Yeah, and, and even though the, the document isn't fake, and even though the Trump, uh, you know, the Trump White House confirmed that it was legitimate, Donald Trump's still out there calling it fake news. Right. The, to me, the worst part is when she sent that original tweet, and she cleared it up a little bit later, but also the way she began the show, and I'm not complaining about her giving context. Context is actually incredibly important, and yeah. I, I like that she does that. Right. Um, the the problem is, is the context she was giving was, you know, about this potential scandal in Azerbaijan and about Russia. And when you're talking about stuff like that, mm. you better have the goods when you get there. <laughs> I know. Right. Yep. You can't just then say, oh, it's about the alternative minimum tax, and, and he would have, if, he, if he's able to get rid of that, he would have only paid $4 million in taxes. Well, then make that the crux of the story. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, all she so, had again, to do— I don't hold it against her. I just, it, was, it, was, it was a bad move. Right, right. Let's put it that way. And all, you know, all she really had to do was go, you know, we've got a couple of pages from Donald Trump's tax return. And that's all she needs to say. Right, and, and that would have been completely accurate. And it still would have hyped the story. People <laughs> still would have tuned in. It just wouldn't have been this thing. Like, oh, when she said tax returns, it just I was thinking that someone got a hold of all of his tax returns. Now, the, the next question is, speaking of all of the tax returns, and I thought, I thought for sure she was going to have uh, the 2015 tax return, which I guess would be the most recently filed one. Am I right on that? Yeah, I think so, because that would have yeah, been filed in 2016. He filed, and, well, he could have filed 16. Well, no, I guess he's under audit, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Or he could have filed on extension. So regardless, but I mean, 2015 would have been the last uh, uh, yes. uh, year that would have been filed. But now he's got another tax return due in a month. What do you what do you think the odds are he's releasing that tax return? Because if he he can't use the audit excuse because he's just filed it, he hasn't yeah. been under audit yet. 
No, he's not going to release it. No, of course I mean, not. The audit was always a bunch of garbage. Now, right. they've even had another excuse since they've just said, well, I was elected. Clearly, it didn't matter to people. Remember they started saying that after the election? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, everything is a con with him. There's a lot of smart people out there, a lot of smart reporters, which is why I don't get how so many of them don't get this unless maybe it's to their benefit not to, kind of like what I was talking about earlier, but Democrats paid to fail mm-hmm. on TV. Because, you know, the, the, the patterns are again and again. He makes a big, bold claim. It is never, ever, ever, never true. Yeah. He gets all the coverage he wants on it. And then later you find out that it was crap when he, after he's already gotten away with what he wanted to get away with, whether it's saying he's going to give money to a veteran's cause and not doing it, saying he's going to release his taxes and not doing it. It's, it's always the same. And uh, the, the worst thing about uh, some of his blurts regarding this kind of thing, I mean, this is again gets into his uh, realm of stupid politics. We should say, oh, yeah, the, uh, the leaks are real, but the reporting is fake. Um, thereby, <laughs> which is, can- again proves what we're saying. He's a moron. Yeah, yeah. He Sometimes is- it works out for him that he's a moron, but it doesn't mean there was a plan behind it. Yeah, the worst part about it is that he's actually he's actually confirming that the reporting is real. And, and that's just, just so insane. Like, every time there's another leak, he's like, all right, we're going to go after these guys and get them because they're uh, releasing classified information, bad hombres, blah, blah, blah. Right. And, and, but meanwhile, he's, he's basically telling all of us that the content of the leaks is legitimate. Right. And, and on top of it, when he did the thing with Obama, yeah. not only does he open himself up there to where many lawyers have said defamation, mm-hmm. when he accused somebody of a crime and had no proof, um, but on top of that... <laughs> He once again insulted the intelligence community yep. and said that they had been illegally tapping him. So the FBI and the CIA, from things I've heard and seen, are now even more pi- – I mean, if they could possibly be more pissed off at him, they are. And that's definitely who you want when we get you. <laughs> exactly. All right. We've got to take one last break, and we'll wrap up the show right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath & Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. All right, thank you for joining us on our uh, Thursday. It's Thursday, right? Yeah, it's our Thursday show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, All right, let's uh, move along to healthcare before we wrap up. We're running a little bit late. Uh, Okay. Just uh, here's how dumb the Republicans are, and I don't need to tell you, Cliff, but the, the fact of the matter is that when you get a group of people who hate government suddenly in charge of running the government, um, shocker that they're not so good at it. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. Just on the heels of the CBO coming out and saying that 24 million people are going to get kicked off of their health insurance if they pass this ridiculous Republican health care bill. Uh, and then right after that, the White House comes out and says, oh, no, it's not 24 million. It's 26 million. That's right. <laughs> We've done our own calculations and it's actually worse. Yeah. <laughs> they're so good at this. I know. They're really, really good at politics. Um, now, right on the heels of both of those things, which is just horrible, horrible news for the Republican plan to uh, repeal and replace Obamacare. Now we hear that the conservatives in the House... The Freedom Caucus wants to roll back the cutoff point for the end of the Medicaid expansion from 2020, which is in the American Health Care Act, f- yeah, uh, calling for, you know, just basically we're phasing out the Medicaid expansion and it's going to officially end on 20 to, uh, in 2020. They're, they want to roll that back to 2018. Yeah. 
thereby they want to speed up the process of booting 26 million people off of their health insurance. I want to take that sucker into the midterm elections. Jesus God. They are such stupid people. It's just um, uh, it's just the three stooges trying to fix the plumbing right now. <laughs> it's yeah. happening up on the hill. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. They chose a path, you know, 25, 30 years now, maybe longer. And, and if we're honest, we're going to say it the way it is, which is we always talk about in certain countries like members of Al-Qaeda, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day, radicalizing Muslims yeah. in certain countries, which happened, who are yeah. more susceptible to it. Fox News and the propaganda outlets that are every bit as bad as anything else, as RT mm-hmm. or things like that, that we're always talking about here, <laughs> yeah. radicalized a portion of our population you know, who tended to be whiter, older, more rural, more working class. So people, they actively transformed people from people that maybe were even Democrats, some of whom were Republicans. You know, you hear these stories all the time. And now these people have been convinced that essentially people are taking their money, people that are different than them. Yep. And, and so there's no dealing with them. And no. so we, the, the Freedom Caucus represents them, and many of them are those people. I mean, they, they see them, either they're pandering to it or see it the same way. And so their only choice would be to come out and say, like what Ron Paul said during that 2012 debate, when he was at least honest, which is if you don't have health care, you get in a motorcycle accident, we leave you on the road to die. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's the truth. Yep. Right? And that's what they wanted. So, But they can't do that because most of the country is not as evil as they are. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, you get a situation where they are no longer – a governing coalition. They're great at mucking things up and screwing up the Democrats when they're in power, yep. but they can't govern. Nope. And it's just that simple. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm wondering, and this is my sort of ongoing question. We'll wrap up the free part of the show uh, on this question. Cliff is that, uh, I get the sense that the Republicans, and this is maybe giving them more credit than they deserve, but I get the sense the re- Republicans are playing some form of money ball where they're really trying, I mean, where they're obviously playing exclusively to their base. They no longer want to form a broader coalition of voters. What they want to do is appeal specifically to that whatever you want to call the percentage, 35%, 40%. And then what they do is when election time comes around, they uh, they make up the uh, extra five, six percentage points enough to win, uh, at least in a, a plurality. And, right. uh, and and then that's the uh, that's the most difficult part of their task, which isn't very difficult at all. Obviously, Donald Trump being... Well, you gerrymander enough, you suppress enough yeah. votes, you know, you, you, you get that extra 6% other ways. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so that's what they're doing. They're, they're sort of... They're playing it to win, not necessarily to score legislative points. They're they're exclusively in this. It's like the movie Moneyball, where it's just all about spending the least amount of money to get the biggest uh, amount of wins, and uh, and that's what the, the the Republican Party is all about. And it's yeah, and it's, that's it's given power us now. yeah, exactly. That's given us a uh, a party that has no real legislative agenda other than saying the opposite of whatever the Democrats are doing. And right. that's I mean, they used to have an agenda. It was to the right of the Democrats' Democrats' agenda. It was a market, more market-friendly agenda, and they would look at problems like, let's say, healthcare, mm-hmm. and they'd come up with a with a plan. The yep. Heritage Foundation came up with it. It turned into Romney Care, and guess what? It turned into Obamacare. Yep, that Absolutely. was their more market-friendly plan. Yeah, yeah. You know, then you you had the same thing with the environmental issues. You had cap and trade. That instead of a carbon tax was the more market-friendly plan. But now, because they've called all of that stuff socialism mm-hmm. and demonized it, there's no other solutions here. There's no solutions to the right yeah. of those problems. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Or of the, the, yeah, of those of those plans. I mean, yeah, it's just basically like every time they try to pass health care reform, and this has been the historic trend maybe for the last 75 years, which is every time health care uh, is proposed and then fails, the next version of it is a more conservative proposal. Right. It's happened every single time. Like uh, Truman, the next thing is more conservative, ends up being LBJ and, and Medicare, which exactly is... Exactly right. I mean, the, the, I remember, I think, Ted Kennedy saying his biggest regret mm-hmm. was not accepting Nixon's proposal because he thought he could get universal health care yeah. get something better. And Nixon's proposal ended up being very similar to what Hillary Care was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is more conservative than that. Obamacare is. Yeah. But still, we got Obamacare. It's a beginning. People forget Social Security started out to get the votes of racist Southern Democratic senators at the time. Mm-hmm. You, you, you couldn't include domestic workers who were largely African-American. Yep. You didn't have spousal benefits. Sometimes, not even sometimes, most of the time with these programs, you start off somewhere and you improve upon it. 
Yep, the Republicans absolutely. have refused to do that with this so far. Well, and here's again, this is illustrating uh, their entire uh, uh, agenda right now, which is again to play money ball, to play exclusively to their base, which is they're going to move forward with this horrendous AHCA uh, legislation. Right. And they only have, <laughs> it only has a 24% approval right now, according to PPP. Right, uh, right now, only 35% ap- uh, approve of Donald Trump on health care. Um, overall, his approval rating via Fox News, uh, 43%, 51% disapprove. Gallup is 42.53. Back on the 13th, it was in the 30s again, 39.55. I mean, these are tremendously unpopular people if you look at the broader yeah. picture, but they're, they're not doing that. They're playing, again, this is, I guess, the, the common theme of the show. They're playing to win while the rest of us are kind of just watching. And yeah. uh, and, and I, I don't mean to suggest that everyone is just doing it because I'm really uh, perpetually impressed by the number of people who are turning out the town halls and turning up at, the, at all of the rallies and everything like that, all the protest marches and so forth. It's been really amazing to follow all of that. But I'm just talking about at the legislative level, what's happening on the Hill. And the, again, the Republicans are moving all of this through with very little support, very, public support, very little public support. And and the Democrats don't seem to be using it. I'm not hearing anyone. I mean, there's there's Ted Lieu and then uh, Al Franken yeah, and the, amazing, Elizabeth Warren. But- but as far as, you know, Democratic leadership, just, no, there just be a lot watching. More. Yeah. <laughs> it should be in their faces. Cliff, you know, my friend. I mean, this is easy. It, it was so great having you on. We're, we're out of time on the free show, but we're going to get you back on like like almost immediately. I'm just going to say I'm going to clear the schedule and get you back on uh, again soon. But here's what that you want to do. Fantastic. Thank you, you for having me on, by the way. If you want to hear more Cliff, uh, uh, you can stay tuned. We're going to do the postmortem show coming up next. That's going to be at patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. Meanwhile, um, where can people find you on Facebook and social media and Twitter and all that stuff? Well, the best place would probably be Twitter because it's just at Cliff Schechter. Um, and there, you know, Facebook, I haven't created, I never thought of myself as having a fan page. It seems weird. <laughs> yeah, neither I do suppose I. I maybe do a public figure page or something, but it, it's still family. So I'm, I don't say as much there because I don't want right, to right, conservative right. family members. If you want my true id, just go follow me on Twitter at Cliff Schechter. And that's where I say everything that pops into my head. All right, you bet. Well, the uh, post-mortem show is up next. Stay tuned. And uh, if not, we'll see you on the after party on Friday. And then again for another free show on Tuesday. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog.